All right, heroes. Uh, now we're going to do like one of our uh, post-arc debriefs, but we've got a special guest. And that's Johnny O'Mara. Hello. Uh, it's great to be. Is this going to be after an episode or is this its own thing? This is its own thing. This is oh. literally what we're posting tomorrow. That's why oh, I have shit. to get a <laughs> editing it tonight. Yeah, I really, I should have scheduled uh, this recording earlier, but. Uh, well, the thing is, you thought you, you thought you did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, that's true. That is true. I did think uh, this is not the first time that I've set up this recording only for Johnny to very kindly and patiently remind me that I was a week early for my own recording. But you were right on time. That's true. Just... I was right on time for that one. So uh, I guess I do get bonus points there. But Johnny, <laughs> you've wrapped up your run on the campaign podcast. It's true. Well, what's what's especially strange to me is that my last episode just aired within the last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. But we recorded that like, was it last year or was it this year? It was ah, early this year. I think it was early this year. So it was like, or maybe it, whatever, whenever it was, it was a while ago. So yeah. it's been weird for that to be for me to have been done for so long, but also for it to be like a secret. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, that, that was, that, that's the tough thing about this is I have been like having all sorts of feelings about this for a very, very long time. Um, and that's because, you know, I, I mentioned this in the debrief from, uh, that last episode that we aired, but like you had sent the email letting me know that you wanted to move on a full calendar year before uh we i think even recorded uh your last episode i think i think we recorded it in like november of last year wow um because it was because i sent the email in october the year before so yeah it, it has been weird because it's been like all these stages of like me feeling like i was ready to move on then telling you then like recording and then recording the end and then waiting and it finally airing. So it's been like, it feels like I've left like four times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the emotional release of that was was really tough. And I, I had explained this in the other debrief. It's because like when you told me this was like, I think just after we had recorded Nathan's first arc and like we had just done a ton of Travis stuff and we had like already recorded the um world building for the next arc and in my mind throughout that world building thing i think i mentioned multiple times i'm like this is going to be a long arc we've had a bunch of quick <laughs> ones recently so this one's going to be long we're just going to settle in and then it was like suddenly oh no we have to rush through this because we also set up that we were going to do uh the jonnet like uh birthday arc and mm -hmm. I knew that if Travis was going to leave the show, we kind of needed to make an arc about it. It would just feel weird if we did a thing that was like all Jonnet all the time. And then Travis pokes his head in at the end and goes, that's all, folks. Um, <laughs> Wouldn't have been so, that weird. Yeah. I, well, I, I, you know, I'll let the listeners decide that. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, I feel like we have been as a podcast sort of sprinting and I have to imagine it's really weird for you because like emotionally, yeah, you probably left the show several times, uh, uh, with, with yeah. all of that. And it's, it's interesting too, because like, I mean, quite, quite candidly, I don't 
think about what's coming next on the show the same way that you do. You know what I mean? So sure. you had all of these um, plans that I think got derailed. I know got derailed or or at least changed. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll say definitely changed. I mean, you know, per, if anything, maybe the, the you could argue that the Dominion arc got derailed. But like mm. I, I for, for the most part, I consider my plans around Travis uh, and the show generally just got tremendously accelerated like mm, sure. um and for for listeners uh who don't know this uh one of the things as part of johnny's exit from the show is he and i sat down and sort of talked about where we saw travis's character arc going um like where we kind of hoped the character would end up and other things that we felt we would need to do to conclude that story. And part of Johnny's exit agreement is we do intend to tell those stories. Um, Johnny is just not part of like the regular cast mm -hmm. recordings that we do every month, but we have uh, filled out like all of the things in advance that we know Travis needs to do to finish out the story. And then everything else we have to kind of like beg and plead with Johnny to uh, make some time <laughs> for us to, to come in. So, so I guess what I mean is like, to you, it felt like a lot of stuff was accelerated, mm -hmm. but I didn't know any of that stuff. So to me, nothing felt, di nothing felt different really. It was just like, oh, this is the, this is this arc. This is the next arc. So I didn't, I never experienced any of that. Like, that's so funny. You know, like, I think, um, some fans have picked up on it in like, kind of a roundabout way. I have mm. seen a lot more comments in both our iTunes reviews and really a ton on Reddit uh, that are saying, increasingly, James is not allowing the cast to explore and role play. He's narrating <laughs> so much and moving things along so much and like really railroading this thing. And I'm like, I have to. I don't want to. I have to. Uh, so that that has been tough. Well, it's also like, I don't listen. And even if I had, it would have been like months behind. So I mm -hmm. didn't feel that shift because like, I'm just playing. And honestly, like as a, uh, this is something we've talked about a lot, but there's like a difference between playing as a player and playing as a performer. Mm -hmm. um, so as a performer, like I'll, I'll derail shit all day. Cause it's funny. Yeah. But, but as like a player, if I'm like purely playing as a civilian or whatever, I don't mind some more guardrails because like I like to know what's coming next. So it kind of just depends on the the mood I'm in, I guess. But like I didn't notice you not letting us explore because to me it was just sort of like another another way to play, I guess. And like in my civilian life, when I play, I I definitely don't mind that. Um, I, I would, I would be interested to see how the rest of the cast viewed it. I mean, like one interesting thing is like Nathan has literally not experienced any other play type on, on the show. <laughs> um, and, uh, like, I, I don't know how everyone else receives it, but I feel like there is a definite, like structural change when you compare some of the more recent arcs mm -hmm. to say Bujan Neath or, or Nordia where, I felt everybody went got to go off in like really different directions and like find things and come back with them. That's interesting because especially with Nordia to me, and this is just me remembering, 
which that was like uh, two years ago, three years ago. Who knows? No, was Nordia where Bogonalia was? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That to me still felt like you had specific things that we needed to hit. So that- even though we were exploring, I still felt those like not guardrails, but like um, guide points. You know, like uh, nav points. I think your HUD. experience of of that arc might be like an interesting, like more interesting to evaluate compared to everybody else's mm, because that's, yeah. that was an arc that was built specifically to get uh, Travis Madigo, the character, not Johnny O'Mara, the performer, but Travis Madigo, the character to open up emotionally because mm. I thought you had done a really good job, like in the earlier arcs being this cool guy who was like largely unaffected by things and had a great reason to be unaffected by things you're immortal and you always seem to get away with things so like yeah it's it, you're not things aren't going to get to you and like you'd established very well that like yeah i've experienced so much loss that i'm kind of numb to it at this yeah. point and i was like that is a great starting point for a character but we do need to break them out of that because that is by definition stagnation um uh <laughs> so like travis as a character is so set or was so set in his ways mm-hmm. um that you really needed to like grab him by the shoulders and and shake him uh and bully him into changing how he approached things um uh so i think for you there were a lot of points to hit where it's like i got to I got to get you to Margaret somehow. And luckily that happened through, you know, an accidental result of like a roll or a luminary pull, mm-hmm. like you losing your hand and Gable making it <laughs> yeah. worse instead of better. Um, like I had to get you to Margaret and then like I needed Margaret to do like significant things. So Travis kind of had an agenda every day, sort of had to yeah. wake up and go find Margaret and like do the next quest or whatever a part of that plot line but like the the funny thing is i had positioned that arc as like this is going to be a pressure cooker we're only here for three days because and the third day the mariner comes and it's our <laughs> longest arc ever because we found all of these nooks and crannies to ease our way into that feels right though i mean that's that's bike all over again really. yeah it <laughs> truly truly was bike all over again um and you know, I do. Part of me kind of feels like that is my favorite thing about the show. And I do think the show needs to be interspersed with some of those longer mm-hmm. uh, uh, sprawling arcs with some of the quicker like flashes of things. Um, and I, I really do want to get back into juxtaposing those. But like, yeah, um, it's interesting that as a performer uh, that and player that hasn't been something uh that's been a factor to you but like i think we've discussed in the past with your performances you do kind of have this uh play style that i i feel is actually very akin to the way i play characters which is i have no idea what that character is going to do and what's going to happen until i'm there in the situation Um, and then i don't remember after it happens it's a (laughs) it's a total fugue state (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you are just Travis when when the mics are on yeah. and we're doing a thing. You're just Travis. So it's it's it would be hard to differentiate between one thing happening or another because you're just reacting to that character's authentic experience. Oh, yeah, and honestly, sometimes like it's easier to to play when 
when you are like, this thing happens. What do you do? Versus like, you're in this city. You can do anything. What do you want to do? And it's like, well, fuck, I don't know. Go to the bar. Whereas if you're like, you're in this city and you trip and, and break your leg. Like, okay, well, now I know I, I know where I need to go. I know what I need to do. I need to go to the hospital. I need to get my leg fixed. Or, or I need to, you know, wait until tonight when I change into a bird and then change back and my leg's fine. But you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, like, I, yeah, that that's interesting. Uh, and I, I think there are just different play styles for different folks. And I, I will be interested in this next arc um uh because it'll be nathan's first time like seeing us do things the other way and it'll be my first time playing that way in like over a year (laughs) um uh but wait i think way longer than that um uh since since nordia so uh we'll we'll see how that goes um but like i think actually this is a good time to start diving into these listener questions um, because people had some great questions for us uh, and it'll be a great time for us to just look back and reflect on your time with the show. Uh, okay, this before, first... before you ask a question, be honest. Were there any bad questions? Um, so there are no <laughs> bad questions. There are only, only bad, bad podcasters. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Fair. Who, who would dare poo poo a question? Uh, I will say there are a lot of people who will notice that some of their uh, questions that they asked don't make it into the show. Um, I tried to get you know at least one question from everybody who who sent things in, but there are a lot of people who sent the same questions uh, as as other people. Um, I think those are all good questions. It was just asked by multiple people. So if you hear a question that sounds similar to one of yours accredited to someone else, uh, just know that those great minds happen to think alike. Um, So our our first ones come from Froggy um, and said, James, is there a moment from all these years playing with Johnny where you were just amazed? Like, do you have a favorite? Uh, I'll take this one. Yeah, I hope you do. Uh, do you have a favorite Johnny moment that has lodged itself in your brain? And Johnny, vice versa. And I suppose mm. in vice versa, you actually have to compliment me and think about yeah, the I, cool things that I've done. Absolutely. Um, but uh, I will say, because I got a little bit of time to think about this in advance, generally speaking, there are too many great Johnny moments to to count or recount. I will say my favorite thing to hear I think almost from any performer is Johnny saying, let me know if this is too much. <laughs> Literally any time he says that, I know I am about to like have to r- throw everything out or, you know, react to something completely wild that changes everything. And that's actually one of the joys about stepping into the game master role for for the show is like I get to see and experience you do that. Um, uh, I feel like there has been more of that uh, in campaign Skyjacks than campaign Star Wars, Um, partially Mm -hmm. because you, I feel like, usually do that when you are making something up that is completely wild about the world. And we know the 
these are the things you can do in Star Wars world. These are the things. Exactly. Uh, George yeah. Lucas would, you know, listen to every episode and tell us what we could and couldn't do. Um, so, so yeah, like we, we, we definitely had that holding us back earlier, but yeah, like that has been so much fun. Um, but to pull out individual moments, I will say for campaign Star Wars, uh, just being a, a performer opposite Johnny was the moment uh, in uh it's all from Findar, actually. Like, there's the bounty hunter list. Like, just watching Johnny as a performer. That's not Johnny as a character. You and JPC going back and forth, absolutely tearing me to pieces. Like, I have re-listened to that audio, like, I think in the last few years. And I had originally remembered it as this thing where, like, kind of all of us were jumping in. But it was mostly just you and JPC, actually. And Kat and I were dying with laughter and you were just so <laughs> casually spouting off these these trash names uh and i feel like there's a non-zero chance that jerk off jerry was also a <laughs> <running>. <laughs> you know uh i believe it i would definitely believe it um but yeah like that is that is just a performer moment where i am in awe not only that johnny is being so funny making me laugh so hard but also that he's keeping it cool throughout that um i simply could never um but uh, at, like at watching you perform as a character also in findar the moment uh where lenik made the decision to kill like the convention security worker when we really did not need to um, it like Lenik had been going down a, a dark arc for like, I think one recording before that he was like really deeply affected by remembering, uh, uh, his adventures with Venton and whatnot, but that was sort of announcing this like dark side fall for Lenik, uh, in a way that like surprised me both as a player and a character, um, like back to his reaction, like freaking out about that. It was genuinely my reaction at the table. Um, and it was cool because it was so different from how Lenik had been up to that point. That, uh, that whole Star Wars campaign is so interesting to me looking back because I feel like there was a lot. Um, it was so different because I feel like when we started, we did not because we started as just uh episodes of one shot so i don't i don't i don't think we really necessarily had planned go going forward what things would look like so i feel like no. there were a lot more um there was a lot more room for like you know when you watch like the pilot episode of a tv show and you're like what the fuck is going on and then like three <laughs> or four episodes in you're like okay i understand this show now and the pilot's sure. always weird because it was shot on like different sets and like they didn't know if they were going to get picked up and and you know it was filmed like a year before the rest of the episodes that's what like star wars campaign felt like in a lot of ways and then we sort of like made all of these discoveries as we were playing and did a lot of like not not retconning but like retconning i guess where it's like oh this explains like this weird like thing that we just happened to decide when we made these characters for like one shot yeah um, and that almost feels like kind of that sort of thing where it's like we were still figuring out or at least i was still figuring out like sort of what lenix deal was versus like um skyjacks i feel like when we started we knew like okay this is going to go on for a long time like 
we sort of had more full backstories for our characters going in. And I think kind of like you said, us like making the world gave us a little more. It made it easier to be able to just say, oh, this is a thing that that my guy does Um, because because whatever we said in the world was just that's just how it is. Yeah, we're Versus... we're all just making it up so it goes yeah. however we say. Yeah, that is actually like one of the most interesting things comparing campaign skyjacks to campaign Star Wars uh is a, a comment that I hear all of the time that I acknowledge is true is that campaign Star Wars was funnier. Um and you know, we still have mm-hmm. an incredibly funny and talented cast uh even even when JPC, Dr. Funny Comedy, left the show, uh, <laughs> we still have a really funny cast. Um, but the problem is we were presenting our own ideas where in Star Wars, we had the luxury of making fun of George Lucas's ideas. Uh, so it's just so much easier to do bits in that environment. I, and there's also sort of it's so much easier to subvert expectations in an existing world versus like we could say something in skyjacks and you don't really know if it's subverting expectations or not because like we make the expectation we we set up all of the rules it's a lot harder to be like like what for instance the 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 the, um stunning people and them throwing up breadsticks it's like yeah well obviously we know that doesn't happen it's a silly thing we all have seen people get stunned and we know what happens whereas like in skyjacks if someone's like i ha- i i'm going to pull a luminary and the luminary makes people throw up breadsticks it's like oh okay okay that's yeah, the, that's I have the breadstick to, i'm luminary. forced to believe you <laughs> you just made this up uh so yeah yeah it is it is harder um as a uh performer to present your ideas and need them to be taken seriously so people can understand them and also subvert expectations for for funny yuck em up moments Okay, I I will say this, and I if the, I don't, hmm, I'll say it, whatever. I'm leaving. Uh, I think, <laughs> I think campaign Star Wars is definitely funnier, but mm-hmm. I think because we've been able to um create the world and everything with Skyjacks, I think that we were able to make a more um coherent and like emotional story. Um, which is not to say that. Star Wars didn't have those things or that mm-hmm. Skyjacks isn't funny but I think that that's sort of like the split and I think part of that too might be just because like we as performers had less input in like the world creation and story of Star Wars both because the world already existed and just like the way that the game was being run versus this has been like a more collaborative experience so I don't think either one is like better both as like a, a play dm style or like as a show but i think those are the two differences for me or yeah. two of the biggest differences yeah and 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 it has been it has been fascinating to like compare those experiences especially now like when i was going through these questions i thought about it a lot and i was like mm-hmm. huh wow yeah we really did end up in in different places um uh, to to continue with the question i think the for for travis uh a moment that like blew my mind as a Johnny moment uh, was when he confessed to Margaret that one of his loves was the forest queen. It was something that I was truly not expecting. Um, And it is, I think it speaks to your ability to 
play this character who despises being vulnerable, but also be able to pull up these moments of like very raw vulnerability and just kind of rattle them off. Uh, it was a, su- a surprising twist that like challenged a lot of conceptions that I had about the character um, and really like went towards making this a, uh, you know, coherent and, and meaningful story. Uh, I was just very impressed in that moment and, and very kind of blown away by that moment. But like anytime you get the opportunity to like say something or do something, you, you always swing for the fences on it. <laughs> I try. Uh, thank you. Can I, can I do mine now? Oh yes, please. So, the two things that come to mind as you as a performer, one is, I think, obviously, the the voicemails, the back to voicemails is like so f- truly so fucking funny. <laughs> and I, if I remember correctly, and 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 I could be wrong, um, the way we did it is like some of them we did there, like at the table, and then maybe you went back and like cleaned them up and re-recorded. I the way I remember doing it is at the time I had bought these really shitty mobile recording devices that are like mostly for for voice memos and while I was at work at the travel agency like between <laughs> calls through the day I would just record a new back to voicemail and that's even the sound- better the sound quality was so shitty that it perfectly it's, sounded like that's a so good a, a voicemail thing so yeah i had just like recorded a bunch of those and i don't think all of them made it to air you know cat was editing those so i'm sure like they probably took out things that felt repetitive mm-hmm. or, or or whatever but like yeah i had just like thrown a bunch of stuff at the wall and told this like really stupid story about like cooking the uh, fact cupcakes or whatever doing them at work makes it even better that's fantastic you know, yeah. And I, I loved how it happened in the show. And we did we did play it for you, like, at the table in that moment so that, like, Lena could react that's to That's it. Yeah. Okay. Um, the other thing from Star Wars that is, it's, it's, it's nothing, but it is, like, forever um, baked in my brain is you describing when Twom won the, like, competition or whatever i forget what exactly the, what it was the, like just, hunger games thing that yes. they've done to get a bounty hunter's license so just you you first of all the love and care that you obviously had for tuam <laughs> but also i and i don't know why this is just one of those weird things i just remember you um as like the crowd chanting tuam 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 and that i don't know why but that still like cracks me up so much um I think because it's such a goofy name. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then as like a, 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 a GM, I mean, two, it's two things. Uh, I'll do I'll do the second thing first, chronologically. Um, just like consistently, the way that like someone at the table can say like, here's what I, I'll, I'll do this thing, whatever it is. And you say, oh, okay, I know exactly 
how this happens. And then, so they'll describe, you know, whatever. I, I punch the guy in the face, whatever it mm-hmm. is. I, and then you're able to instantly tell, like, the most beautiful story about what happens. So, so vividly describing the way everyone else responds to whatever the player has just said, which I think is is so cool. And I think that's part of like sort of being an improviser and a, a you know, a, a player, a storyteller, whatever, um, is that like, you're so good at having the whole world sort of running in your head at all times. So that when something happens, you just say like, Oh, okay. Yeah. This is what happens. And this is how everyone else reacts. And it's, it provides such a cool experience as a player because obviously I don't know what you're going to say, but it makes it so easy when you describe something so vividly to be like, oh, okay, well, this is what we do next. Thank you so much. I I, I really appreciate that because uh, many of our uh, one and three star iTunes reviewers uh, specifically do not and hate that and say that I, that makes me bad. Um, so it's good. It's good to know that I'm doing it for Johnny O'Mara. Uh, well, you're never like, that's, I disagree with those reviews. Um, and that's... You know, but I, like, here's the problem is every time Johnny O'Mara opens his mouth, I cringe. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, the other thing, which is less of a podcast thing, but like, I mean, the first, the first like tabletop game that I ever played was, was with you. Um, so you like, to, you know, you taught me how to play. And my first ever experience was like with you as a GM. So that was like sort of the, the standard that I came in with, um, which is, it's really interesting uh, in, in my like 10 years since then playing with a bunch of other people. Um, just, I don't know, just like how, how different, like the first time I said I did something and then someone was like, okay, it hits. And I was like, <laughs> okay, yeah, but you know what does the blood look like as it splatters on the wall like what (laughs) i need more um but but also i will say that because i learned from you uh any bad habits that i have are uh your fault yeah definitely Um, fully my fault for sure but i i think it's it's um i think it's a real testament to what a good gm you are that um I like still play games because I don't think that it's necessarily in my nature to, to do this. Um, but That's I still, I mean, I still am a, in a regular D and D campaign that I never, I never would have done. Um, obviously if I never learned how to play fucking dub, but I think that like, because of the way that you GM'd and gave us that sort of, I feel like you did a really good job teaching us of how you can play um in that more narrative sense because i i don't enjoy rolling dice that's not the fun part for me um and i think you did a really good job of being like okay well sometimes you just have to fucking roll dice but these are all of the other cool things that you can do once you've rolled the dice and created the character and that's the stuff that i'm more interested in um so even if i'm playing with some some uh, with like a group that is more interested in the crunchy stuff I am still able to like find the stuff within that game that is more interesting and fun to me versus had I started like that, 
um, I think if my first ever game was just a super crunchy game, mm-hmm. I would have been like, okay, I'm never this is this is math and it sucks and I hate it and I'm never gonna play again. But because Which, I had that opportunity to to play, um, it made it so much easier for me to be able to find that in any game. Uh, GMB, which is funny damn. because Johnny's first uh, game and system was Pathfinder. Um, and those the 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 real heads out there in the audience who know a bunch of <laughs> RPGs are yucking it up right now. Um, well, do yeah, we not, Johnny, thank do you we not so like much. Pathfinder? Path oh, Pathfinder is just a very crunchy math heavy game. Oh, hey, um, not for me, baby. <laughs> not not for old Splug. Um, <laughs> so, uh, did I tell you uh, we just ended that campaign? But I've been playing with um, a group for like years since before the the pandemic. So like four or five years at this point. Um, and I was like. One, I want to check in on Splug, see what he's up to. Two, I don't really feel like making a new character. Um, mm-hmm. So I I played as Splug, and it was a great time. Um, and he's still alive. And uh, what level you know, is Splug? I think we, you know, I started back kind of at one to be even with sure. everyone else, but I think we ended at like fuck, I don't know, ten, eleven. That's pretty um, high up there. That's pretty high up there. It, it was fun. It, it was it was a it was a great time. And something that was very funny is after every like um, session, I would come home and Jessica was always very concerned about what specifically he was eating. And I was like, hey, just like rations or whatever. And she was like, "Has he ever eaten a hamburger?" She she really wanted to make sure that Splug got to try a hamburger. I love that. I I really uh, I adore uh that Jessica like gets your playback of the various sessions uh that, and she, that you play in. She, she pl- I think she played once with us. We did like the Scooby Doo thing and she mm-hmm. was like, "Oh, this is not this is not for me. I hate this." Um <laughs> which is fair, but but she does she she loves to hear what happened. So to her it's just a fun story. That yeah. she doesn't she can hear but doesn't have to be involved at all you know and uh that is actual play uh in its <laughs> in its nature i suppose let's move on to another question asker and this one comes to us from arlo uh, and i will say at this point uh keep in mind everybody you all wrote some very nice and heartfelt messages to johnny but we have a lot of questions and I know that Johnny and I will get to talking. So I haven't told him any of the very nice things that you said about him. Uh, but I read them and I know Johnny would have really appreciated <laughs> seeing and hearing them. I'm going to, I'm going to trust you and assume that they were all very nice. I never want to see them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, they put too much of their heart and soul into it. Um, Johnny, when Skyjacks started, how did you picture Travis growing as a character? And it was like, was it anything like how the show ended up playing out? Oh, I'll, I will answer that in two ways. Uh, first, I'll answer it like this. Ah. Uh, then I'll answer it normal. Um, initially, I don't know if, if we've talked about this or if you've talked about this, but we we're kind of initially like we're going to try out a few different sort of stories and systems. Yep. <laughs> and then whichever one kind of sticks is the one we'll go with. Um, and Skyjacks just happened to stick before yeah. we did anything else. Um, so I didn't necessarily know if or what 
would become of him or any of the other characters. So I didn't really think about it at the time. But also, kind of like we talked about before, the way that I always play is like, I didn't have an arc in mind for him. I I only knew what happened up until the point when the game started. And then, like, the rest was for us to figure out. And I think that, like, obviously we, you know, there was some backstory stuff that, like, you know, I knew that, like, um, played the game with the Forest Queen and, and, and that sort of thing, but I didn't know the details until we like fleshed it out more yeah you know that that sort of thing so i knew like what had happened in the past but um but overall i think i had a pretty good idea of what his past was like but kind of the future was sort of a blank canvas um at least at the very beginning i think eventually once things sort of got more in motion you know you could kind of see like oh this would be fun like like It'd be it'd it'd be fun if if he did become like the changeling, you know. That's like the sort of thing where it's like, but never in in a billion years would I have said that, you know, at character creation. Like that was not in my head at the time. At the time, I, I was like, here's here's this shithead. Let's see what happens to him. Yeah, that that's one of the things that I love about this show is even even when we went in with these much bigger backstories, it was just well. Here's a character loaded up with with a bunch of potential, and now we're gonna set them loose and see what they bump into. Um, yeah, and, and, and I think that the having that like super rich backstory, whether it's you know obviously we didn't like read pages and pages of backstory before we started, but like knowing that informs how you're gonna interact when you do bump into those things. So I think that it's it's almost like everything that happened was sort of the only way that it could have happened have happened based on what we set up yeah i mean i still think about those very early pivot points uh that that could have happened in the show i mean like when we did and i will hopefully be releasing this soon it's gonna sound like trash because it was recorded on one mic in the middle of the table but uh we had or i don't think it was one mic in the middle of the table but nobody had mic discipline for it our world building session our initial world building session for skyjacks tyler was originally playing a completely different character who was like a 50 year old man um wow uh and there was a moment when JPC was like, I want to be a necromancer. And I was like, so would you want like necropunk to be a thing for the setting? Like we could have the ships full of like lungs and stuff that like move it like bellows and whatnot. And JPC was like, nah, I, don't, I don't know that I'm into that. And I was like, great. We'll, we'll just do it a different way. Um, so there things could have gone very very differently i don't remember that at all that's so gross and weird yeah i it well it was like just such a quick moment where i had an idea at the table and it was like i don't know how much it would have married up with like the uh decemberist stuff that we were trying Mm. to do like if i am going to picture what a decemberist necromancer is that's a, that's someone who fucks around with skeletons like yeah. like there's probably not a lot of meat and gristle in that um or or i mean the o- and the only i mean if we're being real a decemberist necromancer is only resurrecting lost loves 
Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and there's a lot of there's a lot of sad ghosts hanging around, and they probably mm-hmm. did some sailing in their lives. Oh yeah, uh, true, and they definitely drowned in a fucking river. We know <laughs> that for sure. Did, uh, did you? Did, I remember too when we were doing the creation because we initially had the idea that we would try a few things. We were like, mm-hmm. "Well, what if all of these different things were part of like one?" big universe mm-hmm. you, and and then we were talking about maybe each universe like star wars and skyjacks whatever else we made were cars on a train yes Do you remember that yes tyler pitched infinity train that was tyler's idea i don't and he know was what like, infi- what's infinity train infinity train um i don't know if it's on hbo max anymore but it is a cartoon series that i think you should seek out uh it is a short like uh, there are three seasons. They're each about 10 episodes. And I think it's like a 20 minute episode uh, thing. It might even be a 10 minute episode thing, kind of like over the garden wall. But uh, it's about this girl who like accidentally gets on this train that is basically infinitely long. And each car of the train is like a completely different universe. And it's this like weird morality play puzzle box where the train is designed to make you a better person. Um, Whoa. It's fucking cool. The first season is fun. The second season is great because it's about murdering cops. And like it's who was it's very who cool. was first this show or Tyler? Um, I think. I think the show was first. I certainly Mm. didn't know about it at the time that Tyler had pitched it. And I think it it only existed as a like Cartoon Network short that was like floated as a pilot. It wasn't developed into a full series until we were doing Skyjacks for like a full year, I think. I'll I'll Google this. uh, The pilot was November 2nd, 2016. So I think Tyler was still first. Damn, that's fucking wild. Way to go, Tyler. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Ty- Tyler. And I'm glad that we didn't end up doing that because people would just be like, why mm-hmm. this show fucking ripped off Infinity Train? Though I do wonder uh, what it could have been like if we had decided to go on that tour of a bunch of different ideas. Because, like, I was planning on running Skyjacks through... Uh, the very end of Wolf's Tooth, like when when you mm-hmm. took off on the ship, I was like, okay, and we're done with that arc, and we can now go on to do w- whatever else. And pretty much everybody was just like, nah, let's just keep doing this. Um, uh, so <laughs> we we just did that. Uh, well, I do think that Infinity Train is one of the cars on our train. Ooh, I like that. Trains it- within trains. It's also interesting because we had that idea and not not to say that like we created the idea, but it would be interesting had that continued where now like multiversal storytelling is such a thing. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's all. It's just interesting to think that like we sort of could have been on that wave not that we start would have started it or anything but we would have been like part of it in a way and i'll say that we're not necessarily not on that wave too i mean we brought a lot of campaign star wars characters into skyjacks that are like 
there's no winking. It's not just a dear Uhuru like Cliff and Jane are part of the show. That's true. Um, and I've said this before in many different places, but I'll say it again here. Uh, the broker as a character is based on a Shadowrun character that mm. I played with Gannon Reedy and Mike Migdahl in the game that they were playing before Neoscum. And in that game, uh, Mike Migdahl was still playing Dak Rambo. Um, so that's the, fun. The broker in my head is like actually from the world of neo scum and has somehow like gotten trapped in the world of skyjacks and just made the best of it um <laughs> that's kind of what i've based all of his like abilities and powers on is that he just has like a fucking computer that he can do spreadsheets on uh that allows him to very effectively run his criminal empire um uh but yeah, like there, there's some, and uh, the Blimpleggers uh, thing that we did with the boys from System Mastery, they came up with a uh, skyship-esque world uh, that, that's like full of dirigibles and blimps called Blimpleggers, where it's like bootlegging uh, 1920s stuff, but mm. all the alcohol is magic and there are people in big with big mustaches riding around in cool blimps, like uh, uh, smuggling rum and whatnot. Um, and we just did a little Patreon content where characters from that universe came into the world of Sphere. And oh, it's fun. it's still having effects like that is legitimate canon stuff that that happened and is part of the world. So, like, there's a little bit of multiversal stuff uh, yeah. in, in there. But, man. Well, hats off to Tyler. I think that world building session that we did, that was one of the few things that we didn't record, if I if I recall uh, properly. Wow. So I am really chagrined that that uh, Tyler does is not going to get his due of like having the idea for Infinity Train uh, uh, separately. But, uh, you oh, know, wow. oh, well, uh, let's let's move on to another uh, question. Well, I mean. So so this one uh, was from Arlo to me, and it's got a very quick answer. Uh, James, was there ever one of Johnny's wildcard decisions that almost stumped me? Uh, and definitely, and it was Travis uh, talking to the Morrigan. Um, I had no idea what the long-term implications of that conversation were going to be. And when you said you wanted to call the Forest Queen, I was just like, mm. I don't fucking know what this could be and i only barely got to pay off on it um i i don't know if i mentioned but the travis exit arc was also uh a little bit accelerated i was really anxious because johnny had been extremely patient and hung around with us for a year after announcing his intention to leave um so i was like we gotta go we well, got all i mean there was a lot going on you had like a baby and stuff. i had a baby on the way for most of it yeah uh so it like there there was uh there was a lot that I was rushing through, and one of the initial like ideas that I had for this arc was framing part of it through a drunken conversation between you and the Forest Queen. Oh. Um, that would be slowly revealing what she knew because she had learned about it from you during that call. Um but we never got to record that. Uh, and like if I didn't record it before the arc, and the reason is literally I didn't set up the recording because I was so frazzled uh, uh, with a baby. Um, like I, because I didn't have that as the frame for the arc, like I didn't think I could authentically play to it. So it's mm. just an idea that I kept on the table. And instead, what I did is implied that 
something in that conversation had tipped the forest queen off to something going on, which is why she made the decision to, you know, swallow Acheron and grab Travis um, yeah. because she was trying to figure something out. Um, and a thing that I didn't tell you, Johnny, um, but was definitely a thing that that was set up and, and paid off in the thing is the conversation between you and the green hearts. The forest queen was obviously mm. watching that. And I had a little agenda of things that I wanted the forest queen to learn and that she was going to try and pull out of Travis. And you, as a player, were not protective about that information at all and just kind of <laughs> proudly spouted a lot of it off. Um, That's which great. made my job a little bit more difficult because I, it got to the point where I was like, oh, well, the Forest Queen now knows that she can kill Travis. And we got to figure out why she's not. Um, uh, so that that was a challenge. Oops. But, you know... <laughs> the, I, that's fun. I And that's one of the things that I love about playing with Johnny is like, even if he's not aware of it, he will stride confidently into danger um, because it's fun and interesting to do that. Yeah. I mean, very rarely is it, is it fun or interesting to not do the dangerous thing? Yeah. Like I, I'll say as a, a player who on this show and in, in this show's history, I was very cautious, like back to was, was pretty mm -hmm. risk aware with certain things that did. I mean, Cavalier with other things, but you know, back to, and I had genre convention knowledge is like, it's star Wars. There's literally no situation that we can get into that we can't get out of because mm -hmm. that's how star Wars works. And if we're not doing that, then why are we playing the star Wars RPG? So I was down to get captured on purpose and whatnot, oh, but I yeah. did want to set us up to win a lot of the time. <laughs> um, and danger has a way of like coming at you and things are still difficult, even if you're playing really conservatively and carefully. Um, but one of the best things about the entire cast of this show is the way they gleefully within their character's authenticity will jump into a dangerous situation um, because they know that they have the freedom to do that and explore that. And like, it's not gonna, it's not gonna end the story in a bad or dissatisfying way for them to court that trouble. Well, and per the rules, you can only get killed by um, an adversary, right? I love the few things that you remember about the <laughs> rules. I don't even know if that's accurate, but like... I think it is. It feels true. So the per the, the, the rules to the game, once you are... Is it a nemesis? What's the, um, what's so, the word? So there, there is a, yeah, like a nemesis level threat. Um, I, I do believe those have like some special killing authority um uh, there is a rule that has special things around killing one of those there is a trait that you can give them that is essentially like well i say when this character dies um but also the gm kind of always has that discretion um mm -hmm. uh that you know they say how that damage goes. However, uh, it is really hard to kill a character in Genesis because once you get through uh, their their vitality points and their strain, then the damage you're doing to them uh, just adds to percentages on uh, the critical hit chart. Um, so like each hit will be a crit that rolls on that chart and each crit you roll like knocks that up higher and higher. And once you get into the 150 range, uh, uh, your character starts being able to die. Um, mm. So it's you have a lot of leeway in Genesis. Um, uh, there are very few situations where where we were 
in danger of anyone dying. Meanwhile, in my civilian life, just yesterday, we we started a new system. Uh, it's like I forget what it's called, but it's you you'll probably you probably know it's it's like based on old school original D anD D, but it's like an updated modern version, and it's it's um. I, I I would tell you that I know what you're talking about, but there are hundreds of that. Is yeah. it Morkborg? No, it Troika? has a, no. So then you're not even playing one of the good ones. <laughs> uh, oh, I want to tell you now, but I'll 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 tell you old school essentials. Old school essentials, yeah, yeah. That that classic OSR fantasy. Stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I typically don't go in for that, um, and that's mainly because most of the people writing those things, like there's there's a good eighty percent chance that if you pick one of them up, the person who wrote it is a piece of shit. Uh, Interesting. But I I don't know about that one. There sure. are I think plenty made by good people, but they also like it's it's a style of play that I personally find very boring. Well, first full session yesterday, the my character got run over and killed by cows, and I had to roll up a new character. So it's very much like the kind of game where, which is not what I'm used to. Yeah, yeah. Between these, between both campaigns and playing Splug for however long we played, and then another like four years later. Yeah, it, it's it's a very different style of play. I mean, there is I do have a bunch of dungeon crawler classic character sheets, which is a uh, one of those systems based mm-hmm. on old D anD D. But the character sheets are scratch off, so rolling up a new character sheet is just like scratching off a lottery That's ticket. So funny! I really want to do something with them, but then I would have to learn the rules to dungeon crawler classics. And hey. Maybe maybe if I step back from the host of one shot, uh, I will have time to to do wacky, stupid stuff like that. But yeah, you're by the way, I just want to acknowledge that your uh, campaign and play history is so bizarre. You have Truly. like two or, or really three super long term campaigns under your belt. That is the majority of your play experience, which that's so different from mine. And and I've done like, uh, however, that the small handful of one shots with you. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. Wow. But I also wow. started when I was like older. I mean, not crazy older, but I was like whatever, twenty four or something. Versus you, and I think a lot of people get into it when they're much younger. Yeah, I got into it in college, so you know, I'll oh, not, uh, definitely not that younger, much younger, but younger, not, yeah. But yeah, I mean, a lot of people get the opportunity to play as kids and teens, and mm-hmm. man, oh man, uh, do I wish that I had that opportunity because that there are some like when you're around like nine or ten, uh, like up up to twelve, you've got this like very irreverent and like like shitty sense of humor Mm -hmm. that i think role-playing games are a perfect outlet to explore i really want to play with my niece she's she's 12 and she's extremely funny and i think that she would enjoy it a lot gosh god that that would be so much fun um as i look uh forward to the future let's uh look at uh some other questions This, this one comes from andrew uh if you could change any decision either of your characters made uh what would it be wow um <clears throat> you know this feels um 
this feels like it's maybe going to be an unsatisfying answer. Mm -hmm. Uh, And maybe, maybe I'll also be able to like think of one for fun, but um, I don't know that there's anything that I would have changed, but more importantly, I don't know that there's anything I could have changed Mm -hmm. because sort of like we were saying, this is just what these, these people did like the like it it almost feels out of my control at a certain point because like you know so many of the decisions are not things that i johnny the the man would have done but it's exactly what lenick or or um travis would have done yeah yeah i mean i i think that there are like and each of them had like a billion sort of inflection points you know like i but then it would have completely cha- changed if Travis hadn't, like, you know, escaped from the forest queen, if he had decided not to do that. Like, well, then there would be no show. You yeah. know, like, the, 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 I think the bigger decisions would alter things so much that it would have been, like, a completely different thing. Um, I think even the smaller decisions would have altered that. I mean, a, a decision that you could have made that would have probably changed a ton of things you were the one who decided that Margaret looked like Margaret. Um, uh, you, you were mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, this person. I had you describe that person because I hadn't even settled on a gender. I was just like, Travis sees an attractive person. Johnny described them because I was like, I don't want to be the the person who describe who's like this sex worker is female or this sex worker is male. It feels so like either decision me. is super fucking loaded. Yeah. Uh, so we'll just we'll just make Johnny do it. Um you describe the character and you're like, yeah, and it looks exactly like my dead fucking wife. And it's like, well, <laughs> that put a possibility on the table that really wasn't on the table before um, that, you know, ended up affecting the story in a huge way. But but that's the sort of thing where, like, I don't I don't. Well, first of all, I guess that's not a Travis decision. That's a Johnny decision. But I don't think I would have changed that either because it's like so cool. Yeah. I, and it's it, it it's really so hard because even like thinking back in my real life i i don't not to be like kind of uh whatever woo woo or whatever but like mm-hmm. this is every decision that i've ever made got me here yeah and uh, you know I I enjoy where I am and I don't think that there was any other way that any of those things could have shaken out, you know, like, like if I look back, I'll t- I, actually, I'll tell you in my real life, a decision that I regret every day. I was at, uh, in my neighborhood, they do a big yard sale every summer and there was a, it was like $10 for the complete matrix box set. It was the three original movies, the Animatrix, all the behind-the-scenes stuff. It was like 10 bucks for all these Blu-rays. And I was like, you know, I don't need this. I don't need more stuff in my house. And then, like, 20 minutes later, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go back and get those Blu-rays. And they were gone. And I've regretted oh. it every day since. And I, oh. I have since gotten, um, you know, Jessica got me, like, the 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 trilogy box set but it was not it was not like the special edition cool one in the box yeah um so that's probably my biggest regret (laughs) you know that's good (laughs) uh let's let's move on to uh our next question asker this comes from claire 
Um, Claire had a bunch of questions, uh, and I think a lot of them are super good. Um, can can first... I can I run and pee before you ask this question? Oh, I guess. And feel free to keep that in me sure. asking to pee, and and honestly, keep all of this in so people know exactly how long it takes me to pee. Of course. Starting now. All right. So uh, once again, Claire's written a lot of great questions. Uh, and the first one, and I, I, I suspect I know the answer to this, is uh, did you have anything mined for Lenik that you didn't have time to do? Oh, gosh. I mean, I think the big thing that we saw a little bit was him, like, turning evil, starting <laughs> to turn evil. And I think it would have been really fun to see, like, a full sort of, like, you know what happens when one of your best friends in your in your crew like actually becomes evil and how do you deal with that as like a party and a group of friends and a family and how do you bring them back yeah because um, i just i remember how cool it was when he was using that lightsaber and it turned red yeah um that was uh, that was a cool moment, and that's one of the things that made me sad that the series got so truncated. Even even before mm -hmm. um, we had to end campaign Star Wars, uh, the we had made the decision that like the next arc was going to be our our last arc. So we mm -hmm. barely would have had time to explore that, um, even if we got the chance, which is unfortunate because yeah, that was cool that stuff. That would have been that would have been fun. Although, you know, my as as a player and a character, my uh uh views were were the same in that well, I just wanted everybody to live happily ever after. So, well, I was yeah. constantly We would have gotten there eventually. Trying trying to pull everybody back from their horrible decisions. I mean, JPC wanted Trish Valentine to die. Um so That's true. that that was probably going to happen regardless of my desires. Uh so though I did I did I did tell both both cat and jpc i'm like well if you try to kill this guy i'm gonna try and save the guy uh uh oh, well you should yeah i think you know, that makes sense for you got it but very few people try to do try to save people in star wars it's it's wild um the uh next question is uh which were your favorite npcs uh both for star wars and skyjacks did you did you have a favorite one and it, it's not oh, specified wow. whether you played or not but like Whatever that question brings to mind. And also, hello, Buster Baby Boy. Oh. Say hi. Can you hear him purring? Purr. Purr on the mic. No. No, we're not, we're not getting anything. Um, so NPCs, I've, I think the first thing that comes to mind, and I actually, I will say this too, something that I think has, that I've really enjoyed um, in campaign that you can't really realistically do in in a like a campaign that you're playing not for a show is like obviously the gm is gonna play all the npcs in like a, a real game <laughs> um but it's been so much fun to be able to just be like oh yeah i'll be this guy especially when it's it's you know more or less a sort of inconsequential con inconsequential person that is just sort of there for us to have fun with versus like someone who you need to get anything important from but even then you there have been times where like you or cat were like okay these are the things that this npc needs to tell everyone however you make that happen is cool 
Um, I mean, like the the Roshark of uh, uh, Star Wars, where Cat was like, "You're going to be playing your major villains for this arc." Yeah, like everybody that was has fun. to choose one of the major villains. It's like, yeah, we could make them as as effective or boneheaded as we wanted, um, which was really cool. Um, but the first thing that comes to mind in Star Wars is the um, the not TSA, the TSA agents the space tsa oh god customs yeah customs customs customs, that was it um that was so much fun uh and then oh go go ahead go ahead i was just gonna say an absolutely perfect improv scene like yeah fucking tristan lenick breezing through and back to doing the exact same thing (laughs) and getting pulled aside and interrogated uh and then the um Oh gosh, I forget. I forget which one you played, and I don't know if they're like legally NPCs or not. But sneak and two bike and the date. Oh um, my god! Yeah, because I I uh, that was that was just a, a real hoot. Um, and then in Skyjacks, the two that come to mind, um, were like the omelet chef. Uh, oh wow! Which I think there's a video of that actually. Like there, someone yeah, made an somebody animatic. made an animatic for that. Um, that's really fun because it's like I think it's JPC and Tyler doing like goofy French accents. Very yeah, <laughs> and then um, the woman and all of her tiny husbands. Fuck God! What 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 a powerful character! Um, what what a great and you know <laughs> we we do it first here on uh campaign Skyjacks uh you know a lot of shows are afraid to have a polyamorous romance and we really showed where what all it's the like. husbands it's are in a little bag little, little sack yeah <laughs> that uh, they have to kiss they have to kiss one kisses the wife and then everybody has to kiss each other to share the kiss <laughs> um god so much i mean that you played jd lightfellow is an oh, all-timer yeah. for me like that in a fun. in a that moment in the most like emotionally fraught episode for a lot of people like to have you playing this this texan <laughs> cattleman through it oh absolute delight um the next question is what is lenix's favorite album and what is travis's favorite album oh wow this is a great question just because I'm picking Taylor Swift albums for each of them. Obviously, mm-hmm. Lenix would be Reputation. Sure. Um, and I think Travis would tell people that his is Reputation, mm-hmm. but I think it's actually um, Evermore. <laughs> okay. Okay. Folklore um, did not pop up in there, which which I find interesting. If If we're talking non-Taylor Swift albums... I think I feel like um I think Lenick would actually be really into like Rumors by Fleetwood Mac. Mm. That feels like something he'd be really into. He he feels God like, impeccable taste. I it feels like he it would be a lot of like really emotionally charged stuff for him obviously. And I could see like Travis being into like I could see him listening to a lot of like um chill like chill beats to work slash study to and not enjoying it but like being like this is what this is what i want people to see me listening to (laughs) (laughs) 
That's man. It is funny that like you, your perception of Travis is that he is like putting on a show for people like that. That's a big part of his personality. I think, I mean, I, it's interesting because I think that he, I think in some ways he is, but then I think in other ways, like the show is real almost, you know, like, like a lot of times he's like, you know, always, always taking a bet. Like if there's, if there's a bet on the table, I'm going to take it. Like I never take a bet. I, I know I won't win that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's the kind of thing where like, that's obviously for show. But then he also usually does win. So it's almost like he's gotten to the make it point of fake it till you make it, I guess. <laughs> I like that. I like that definition a lot. Um, this has a a sister question over from Kendra. And I did want to make sure both of these uh, appeared because this was Kendra's only question. And that is, what would Lenix's theme song be? And what about Travis's theme song? Wow. Um, actually, so I there I never really made like a, a playlist or thought about songs for Lenik, but I, mm-hmm. I think I can think of one. But I do know that um one that I think of a lot for Travis is um Invisible String by Taylor Swift. Mm. Um I think that's what it's called. Uh but it's it's just all about um yeah invisible string it's you know it's just like uh one of the lines is isn't it just so pretty to think that there was uh this invisible string tying you to me and it you know the lyrics are about like sort of the the chance um the the serendipitous things that like tied these two people together before they even knew each other um which i i i think about a lot um with travis and margaret obviously yeah um and that, and I mean, it's it's funny too because I I think Invisible String came out after um, we even did all of the actual like literal strings tying mm-hmm. Travis and Margaret together. So when it came out, it was like, oh, okay. Um, well, yeah, that is a um, that's, that's a bit of uh, folklore. folklore. Yeah, yeah, that that's I, I think I think its origin is Chinese. Um, but it shows up in Japan too, um, and I probably probably because Cat's family lived in Japan for some time. It's something that that Cat would talk about a lot. Um, that mm. that folk belief uh, that people are like uh, tied by strings. Um, uh, so yeah, it felt like a natural fit for the show, well, and like that, a cool thing that it shows up in that song. Then there's also that that like trope from i don't know like cartoons and shit where it's like if you need to remember something tie a string around your finger so you remember the thing yeah yeah which i've never done and it feels weird but it's like just this trope that exists um so that sort of feels like similar um and then for lenik uh and oh and i think also invisible string like there's the obvious Travis Margaret connection, but then the the Hancock of Travis and Gable, I think, is like obvious mm-hmm. that they're like tied together. And Travis and the Captain uh, became like bound in this weird way. So like, D- Travis truly, even a, Travis and Dreff because of the heart, and and um, 
I, yeah, I think that Travis is just a character that, like, in Got spite this- of how much he tries to close himself off from everyone, is so deeply tied to all of these characters. You're just caught in a big, beautiful, slutty spider web of mm-hmm. intimate connections. It's true. That's great. Um, and then for Lenik, gosh, that's really hard because there is... Um, uh, Lenik is really someone that contains multitudes. Yeah, okay. Go With the Flow by Queens of the Stone Age. I think would be his theme song. Um, yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's like a it's a pretty heavy song, um, but I think it's also very pretty. Um, and then a couple of the lines that I wanted to make sure that I was remembering correctly, but that stand out are like, um, "It's so safe to play along, little soldiers in a row, falling in and out of love, something sweet to throw away." I want something good to die for to make it beautiful to live. Um, and then the, it opens with, she said, I'll throw myself away. They're just photos after all. I can't make you hang around. I can't wash you off my skin. Outside the frame is what we're leaving out. You won't remember anyway. So I feel like the song is a lot of like uh, all of these things that can kind of like have an impact on someone, but then still like the, you know, the choruses I can go with the flow. Um, and I think it's like, in some ways, Lenik was like stuck in like the current of all of these things that happened to him. Um, and I think that there was part of him that was like, uh, very because you know, he was always taking these big risks, killing other people. I think there was part of him that was like. You know, if I die, that's that's okay. Because like, what 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 have I got? You know, what there sure. there's. I don't really necessarily like have a purpose here. So if I I'm gonna like throw myself in these risks, and if I die, I die, and that's and that's that. And when whether he actually like truly believes that or not, I I don't I don't know. And I think that I think that maybe um, where we left him, he does believe that, and I think that we would have come to a point where that would graduate out of that at at some point i i remember for for lenik there was a point where cat was trying to put together a character playlist and was like hey do you have any songs uh for for like any of the characters and i was on a real be your own pet kick at the time for those Mm. that don't know be your own pet is the song the the band that does the theme song for one shot they're like a punk band with a great uh, uh, female vocalist uh, that unfortunately I think only lasted like three years or something, but Damn. they had some sick albums and there's a song uh, called black hole that is like the epitome of destructive teenage angst. Mm. And like the lyrics uh, to this song, drinking Coca-Cola all night. Oh baby. I want to get in a fight. Breaking glass bottles. Oh, so, so fun. Let's go and kill someone. That <laughs> is like, fucking lenik gilo there is like a kick that he gets on with that that i feel like perfectly encapsulates him and seeing him as like kind of an adolescent rebellious figure i feel is correct he like you know didn't really get a chance to mature in 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 the way that he'd want because his family was ripped away from him in this horrible traumatic moment that reminds me of another queen's the stone age song from the same album old six shooter um which is is 
much it's very destructive as well two glass eyes i'll fuck two two glass eyes i mean you know there you go um i'll fucking tell you lies i'm on the side of the road you're gonna fucking die fuck this world we'll fuck you too i'll fucking kill your best friend what you fucking gonna do okay shoot 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 (laughs) yeah oh that's great that's great um our next questions come from mikhail uh, probably. And uh, mm-hmm. Mikhail had two questions, but I think one is is just going to be so much more fun to engage with, uh, which is, can you pull a luminary and have it not be the changeling? And I do have uh, the deck of luminaries right here. I can um, go get mine. Oh, yeah. I have go them. get yours. Go okay. get yours. I, I w- I'd much rather have you be the one doing the pulling anyway. Okay. You see me shuffling? I see shuffling. Yes, yes. I'm confirming that these are being shuffled. Um, is that first edition Illimat or, or second edition? First edition, I think. What's the changes? I I got second edition in like a couple weeks ago. I haven't had time to sit down and read the rule books. I, I, I know that I'm going to, I think, because for the Patreon drive, we just got the streaming studio set up again. So oh. I'll, I'll be streaming some. You're welcome let to me come know. play some Illimat. Yeah. Let me know when. I would love to. Well, river. it's the river. So <laughs> so I can, but sort of. It's still, it's 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 kind of there. Uh, that's great. Uh, that uh, I, I think that was worth the wait, and we'll leave all that dead air in. Um, Perfect. Uh, we're going to move on to uh, questions from Chris. Uh as players for eight years, Johnny and James, uh, which story arcs are your favorite uh, to both play in and run uh, for campaign Star Wars and Skyjacks? I mean, bike is just like fucking all time. That that gave us so much room to just go wild. Yeah. And we really, God, I love everything that we as players did and that that cat tolerated us doing in in bike. Like sneak into bike, uh, the the bounty hunter army owned by sneak into bike. Basically, every single thing that happened in that arc was a bit that like we wound up making real. Yeah, yeah, um, um, yeah. I mean, plus, plus. Isn't that when, like, Lenik got his arm, his, like, robo-arm? Like, cool, like, it was so goofy and funny and weird, but also cool shit happened, too. It, during that arc was when Lenik started his his dark side descent. That's when we did the flashbacks. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, at, like, that had the voicemails in. That also had my favorite, uh, it was like a mini arc. It was part of, of Bike. I loved doing Coneman and Tup. That was Ugh. so much fun. That was fun. Like having, like, especially it was having Nemoidian Sparks be uh, unexpectedly a little bit cool. Uh, it was kind of fun. Be a little smooth there. And um, having Kat do those noir monologues in Tamlin's yes. voice, like perfectly very good, very authentically good. within the character was just Oh my god, it was so much fun, um, and the the sheer anguish and resistance of Cat uh, not wanting me to have uh, librarians be a thing. Um, 
<laughs> where we where we almost stopped play completely uh as as they shouted that down uh what what a joy um and for me you know over over in skyjack's land it, it's it's nordia hands down so much yeah. cool stuff happens there yeah it was the same it was like a lot of fun and like lots of cool shit happened that was like where the coolest that was what set off in my mind all of the cool like travis stuff that was like the it it, it was was like the inflection point it's like oh okay this is where we're going it was travis's first arc in my mind like travis was a kind of a side character for everybody else up to that point where he was doing cool things and like we were learning a little bit about his backstory like we we got a little little touch of things in bujanith but I had looked at everything up to that point and I was like, everybody's had really big character moments that say something about the character and their personality and the other arcs up to this point, we gotta have Travis undergo some, some change and shakeup in, in mm-hmm. this arc. And that's what Nordia was all about. And God, we found some really cool stuff there. Agreed. Um, Let's see. Oh, I guess I did leave in one little nice comment that I'll read. This is also from Chris. Seeing you leave Johnny is very hard because I love Lenick and Travis uh, because Lenick and Travis are some of my favorite characters in fiction. I can't wait to see where your path takes you. Take flight, you different bird. Um, Thank you. This uh, next one comes from Anne. Uh, just one question. Uh, oh, actually, this is two questions, uh, mm. and I left this in. Off because, to a bad start. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in the scene with the Morning Star, does Gable get the knowledge of their name back? Yeah, I think so. I think that was our intent, if that was not clear. And also, does Travis still have Gable's letter? I thought Gable got to read that letter. I know it was read on air um, because I had to get uh, Drew to sit down and read it out loud. Um, so... I think, and the answer is yes, that, that, that information is there. Um, next questions are from Noodle. Uh, Noodle asks, how do you balance Travis's bastardness and actually being cool and fun rather than annoying? I don't. <laughs> um, I think something that I'm a really big fan of um, in like comedy is we all know like the rule of threes that's the like that's the thing Mm -hmm. um i like that i think it's very important but i also really like the rule of i mean pick a number i've heard eights i've heard tens i've heard millions whatever sure where like if you if you keep doing something for a while yeah it'll be annoying and shitty Mm -hmm. and then it comes back around and i i think that there are points where um travis was a shitty bastard and not necessarily cool and fun but the fact that like he keeps um just doing it and you're like well damn you know what and it comes back around yeah, so I mean, I, I different think, bird is like a perfect encapsulation. Yes, of that. yes, exactly. Because the first couple times it's funny, then the next like twenty times it's like this sucks, and then it comes back around, and now I got a T-shirt. Yeah, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah. Years later, people still want to, to make that reference. And like the fun thing about that bit is it's nothing. You, it's you could have literally said nothing. Anything in that moment. And and almost anything would have been funnier initially, but like yeah. you just kept with it. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, the answer is I I didn't. <laughs> um what were some of your inspirations when creating and playing Travis? Hmm. Um I mean the the super obvious ones are like um basically all of the hazards of love. Yeah. Um and then there's specifically that um I was just talking about this we did we did a backdoor um December Easter uh on the Ooh. Bill Butts Patreon. We did the Ophorex um Oh yeah. album. Um but one or two of those songs are taken from like child ballads. Uh, but there's one in particular, um, a child ballad that inspired the Decemberists a lot. It is Clyde Water, mm. Child Two Sixteen. Um, th- that is is big. Um, there is what else is there? I mean, any sort of like, you know, werewolfy shape shiftery stuff is there of course like just the general um lore of that and concealing your identity um but then also i definitely was very i wanted to play someone who was very different from lenik mm-hmm. um and that was important to me too because i i I mean, I, I obviously love Lenick as, as, and as much as I loved playing him, I wanted to just do something different, um, both like for me to be able to like kind of like flex other muscles, but also like I didn't want people to listen and be like, oh, this is just Lenick again. Um, right. Which is which is sort of what I did. Or the opposite of what I did for um, Nemoidian Sparks, where it was literally just me doing my voice because we didn't think that he would be around for very long. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's the same guy. And then it, you know, he he became cool, like you said. You know, just just small things, I think, like, obviously, Lenik uses my voice. Travis's voice is very similar to mine. Um, but I, I do think it's a bit more combative. More combative and, like... Um, I don't know, almost a little of that, like, sort of uh, transatlantic accent, you know, like that more like old timey, yeah. like presentational. Um, because I, because kind of like we talked about too, I think a lot of what he does is for the show or the spectacle. Um, also, just like, you know, the sort of like just classic, like P.T. Barnum, huckstery, like carpetbaggery guy, yeah. like. Um, you know what are the 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 Duke and the the Dauphin from Huck Finn? You know that sort of thing where you're just like, or or like um, yeah, just a, a, all of that stuff where you're just like artful Dodger, yeah, 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 yeah. Tra- Travis, yeah, definitely pulled on a lot of those, and like I think that thematically goes very well with like changeling stuff in general uh i think fingerless gloves are very important to both of them (laughs) absolutely absolutely like travis as a character is i think 
a lot of really well-considered inspirations tied together. And, you know, you really, you really set him loose uh, in a fun way. Well, and all of the, he, all of his forms are different trickster animals too yes. in different lores. And, you know, what you just said that he's a bunch of different inspirations tied together. I think like as a character that we created, he is, but I think also like Travis, the man is the same. Like he's, you know, in, in some ways I think he also read whatever like spear versions of these stories and lores mm. were. And because he was so many sort of different people over time, he kind of crafted his own, he crafted this version of himself that he presents to people. So I think that like the inspirations that we had when we made him are probably very similar to the inspirations that he had when he became what he is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like also being the changeling, there is an element of he is maybe falling into and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, becoming some of those roles just like instinctually and naturally, uh, which I think is really cool. Um, somebody asked, or Noodle asked, also asks, uh, do you have any advice for people who are new to role play and very insti- inspired by your play style? Oh my gosh. Don't learn the rules. <laughs> as few rules as you can. Um, and I mean, sort, I'm sort of being serious. Um, but you know, something that, that I kind of said earlier is I, I was very lucky to have you as like my first GM and kind of the only, one of the one of two GMs really that I've had ever Mm -hmm. Um, because you had a high tolerance for me, not really being bothered by the stuff that I didn't (laughs) like you weren't bothered by the stuff that I chose not to be bothered by like rules and math. Um, And I think like finding which you know i don't know where you live i don't know how hard it is to find a group of people that you can play with but i think like you know there it's two things it's like what what you can do as a player and then like the group that you surround yourself with and i think that like a huge part of like my play style and also us as like a group playing together is like we are all very comfortable with each other um and very open to like the 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 way we play um and i think that like you know if there's any way that you can do that and find a group that will be like really welcome and 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 accepting of like whatever you're doing i think is super important um which is something that is i talk about all the time in terms of like improv um you can have like the the three funniest people in the world put them on a team together and if they like fucking hate each other's guts they won't be half as funny as three people who are like kind of funny but are best friends right and i think that really comes through and i you know i'm not saying you obviously have to play with your best friends or whatever but i think that like the meta chemistry is really important and the the meta um not even chemistry but like the sort of rules of engagement i guess and how you as players um the sort of social contract you have with each other, I think is super important. Um, And then the more from the more personal side, you as a player, like, you know, this is something that we mentioned up top to, or earlier, um, 
I don't really think about what Travis does or or Lenick for that matter until until um like when I'm not at the at the table um I'm not like planning ahead like oh well if if in the next session this happens I'll do this um I very much show up and whatever happens happens sort of the same way that like I mean obviously you know you in life you in real life you plan for a vacation or plan what you're going to eat for dinner but like if someone out of the blue calls you and they're like hey do you want to go see the super mario movie tonight you're you, you didn't plan for someone to call you and ask if you want to see super mario tonight so however you're going to react is how you're going to react i i don't know if that makes sense no um, yeah that, that that does make sense. It, it especially makes sense to me it's how i approach yeah. a lot of play and i know like during the campaign star wars era it drove cat absolutely nuts because sometimes they would be like trying to like go yeah how do you feel like Bacta would react to something like this and i was like well i don't know until we get there yeah and yeah it's it's so so much of it is like me just sort of giving myself up to this character and and just letting it letting it happen being in that mindset of like i'm not me anymore i'm like I'm Travis right now. So yeah, this is, this is what Travis is doing. The last question from noodle. Uh, and one of our last questions is, would you be comfortable with people sending you Travis fan art post post departure? And, uh, as kind of a corollary to that, uh, somebody asked, uh, what fan art would you hope to see, um, uh, people make in the future? Oh, well, yes, of course, for sure. Um, that was, fan art has been one of the sort of wildest things of this whole thing to me. Um, and for, for a long time, I, when we started Star Wars campaign, I kept a folder in Google Drive, um, of fan art with, and I would, I would like name the the piece, like whatever, whoever, like whoever made it, most of it was on Twitter. So I I would just name it that. Uh, and then I just ran out of space because pictures are fucking big uh and yeah. then it got to the point where it was like because you know when we first started i never expected this um so we got like you know one and i was like oh my gosh this is this is the, this is the wildest thing that's ever happened this is nuts yeah and then we just kept getting more and it, and and i remember at the beginning we would share stuff instantly when we would see it because it was so rare and then as the volume increased, it just, it was almost, it was like overwhelming. It was, it, that's, that's been one of the coolest things about all of this is seeing how much people love it and how they're like compelled to do this. Um, so yes, yes is my answer to that. Um, what kind of art? I don't know, man. Um, yeah. A moment that you would like to see portrayed or, Oh, well, I mean, this is not <laughs> this is this is not me commissioning this, but I think but I feel like by saying it, this question was almost hey, almost almost asking uh, for that. Yeah. yeah. Um okay, you know that that thing where like two people kneel down and hold hands? Um you know, like and you take a picture of two people like kneeling down holding hands and it's like a funny thing and you're like in front of something and 
You know what I'm talking I'm, about? I'm trying to figure out. So they kneel down. They hold each other's hands. Is yeah, it like... you like grab into a handshake. Okay, kind of, kind of like the 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 strong handshake from like I think it's it's Rocky or it's a Predator. Predator, yeah, Predator. But it's like kind of. But you're like kneeling down. You're each on one knee. Oh my gosh, I can't. I'm doing it. Okay, so you're job, each on so. one knee. That's an important distinction. You're each on one knee. You're holding. You're holding one hand. It's not two hands in on each side. Yeah. Oh, I'm so frustrated. Let me see if I can find a picture of myself doing this because I know I've done it. <laughs> you don't need to be mad. I'm the one who's editing this. So That's true. I will have tonight, to... even. Tonight. Gotta, gotta make those releases. Okay. So, yeah, it's what I am seeing is two people taking a knee um it is it is the opposite knee they're they're grabbing opposite hands and uh just kind of having a little attitude about it there's yeah th this this one was clearly for a wedding yeah it was, that's me and my sister at our dad's wedding um i don't know how else to describe it other than like you know cool the, the the fucking kneeling grabbing your i don't know anyway uh travis and lenick doing that i think would be very funny <laughs> <laughs> especially because i don't think travis would enjoy holding lenick's hand because it would be suctiony yeah yeah okay that i mean i love that those two deserve that <laughs> and i wish them the best yeah uh at their dad's wedding um Let's see here. Okay, yes, these last questions uh, come from Andy. Um, and the first one is, what kind of Ocus would Johnny use in real life for Illimat? Wow. Um, if is Are we talking a real Ocus or like the, the sort of... I think you could go either way with it. Like, what object do you have in the real world that you would use for an Ocus? Um, or if you were to make a real Ocus mm -hmm. for yourself? Um, I mean, my first instinct is like a t maybe a tiny little whisk because I like to bake a lot. Um, it's very important to me. Because I was going to be like, because I have a, I love my stand mixer. That's like one of my favorite things of all of the things that I own. Um, then also like... Uh, you know, boy, I love my cat. So maybe like a, a once he dies, you know, like his paw, um, like a like a you know like a lucky rabbit's foot, but my cat's paw. Um, because that's very you know, sweet he's, and he's and a little friend. grim. Well, <laughs> death comes for us all. I can only hope that my hand will be used as someone's ocus in the future. Hey, Johnny, cannot wait till you die so that I can have a cool hey, ocus that is your hand. You and me both. <laughs> Um, this next question is if you died and James got to have your hand as an Ocus, uh, what shape would you have your fingers make? Interesting. Oh, middle, Interesting. middle finger for middle sure. Middle finger for sure. The, Great. The double yeah. deuce. Felt, felt that was, yeah, that was pretty obvious. Um, or if you could have both, it would definitely be a cross chop. Oh, here's, here's a question. Would Travis have given Slam a token or figurine animal Travis uh, animal Travis replica uh, for him to talk to during the night before he left? Wow. What a sweet question. Yeah. My first my first thought 
is that he would have um you know some people used to like used to be a thing to like carve potatoes into shapes carve sure into potatoes that because he's such a he's such a potato head he's a potato boy yeah for sure um but i also don't think that travis would have spent like a ton of time so probably a <laughs> snake like a potato snake potato snake um which i think would be very easy to do yeah hey i love that i love i love that uh, travis is does some sweet and thoughtful things in in that period of time uh where he's getting ready that's great um and yeah i think that is it uh the last question is like kind of not involving you which is why i was saying i, I mean I, okay james can you give us any tidbits of what game mechanics and elements you would want to retain and build on in the system that you're working on for skyjacks like anything that excites you i mean people if, if they're curious about that uh we are using that system to play star wall on on patreon right now uh so if you want to hear a game in action like you can see sort of the stuff that we retained uh in that already um i was thinking after i read this question a, a fun thing that i would love to have represented mechanically somehow is a way for players to go let me know if this is too much like have a way where they can like wholesale affect the world in this big grandiose way um uh that is supported mechanically by the system because i think that is something beautiful about the way we play like that and the fact that like performers can just jump in as npcs i think that is a cool thing about the way we play that i would love to be represented in whatever system we come up with Something that I kind of missed about the Star Wars system was rolling for the light and dark side before each session, which is it kind of feels like that. Like you could spend all your light side points to do something like bonkers. Oh yeah! Um, but I really, I that was a fun like give and take between like the players and the the GM that I I. I, I missed because it, yeah. it was a very cool, very Star Warsy mechanic. We did try early on to have something like it, but like, I think what, what ended up happening is it just turned out the luminaries mm -hmm. um, really made a lot more sense to have than any totally. of the, the dark side, light side mechanics. And it turned out whenever uh, players wanted to make big sweeping claims about the world, they simply would. Uh, uh, <laughs> so... So yeah, that, that that's what that's what I have there. I do think uh, often in designing this game about ways that I want to empower people to do the things that the cast does naturally because I kind of think that is the appeal of the fantasy of a Skyjacks role-playing system is that you'd be able to do something that feels very Skyjacks with it. Mm -hmm. Um but Johnny, that's it. it. What a what a wild ride. Um I I would like to say thank you, James, for having me for so long. Um, and I'll be back, and I'll fill out that doodle for the um, yeah, man, for the 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 Illimat um live stream because that sounds like a hoot. And hey, thank thank you to everyone who's like listened for all of this time. I mean, the show's still gonna be around. I'll I'll be back. Um, we've and, still got uh, Travis story to 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 finish out for sure. I'm con I'm contractually obligated to be back, and um. <laughs> And for for you know sticking with us um, 
uh, from Star Wars, which was like a billion years ago, and I think we probably have more skyjacks than Star Wars at this point, which is weird. Yes, to think about. yes. Um, it's a weird divide because uh, part of Star Wars was evil campaign. Um, mm, sure. That there are only a hundred and five, like legit numbered episodes of, of Star Wars. Um, and and thank you to the 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 vast majority of people for um not writing mean things about me on reddit but thank you most of all to the one person to the one person <laughs> to the one person who did uh i that and i still remember the the itunes review uh that you and jpc would read sometimes about flanderization on Linux. yes Mm-hmm. It was literally, I think, one that we discovered right as Lenik was having his like dark side turn. Um, uh, it was it was very very funny to see that person just be so fucking wrong and so sure of themselves uh, <laughs> in such a public way. Um, You'll love yeah. to see it. Love to see it. Well, Johnny, uh, thank you so much, seriously, for for playing uh, with us all these years, and you know, like we'll see you around uh one of the questions that i didn't ask was will johnny come on one shot occasionally and part of the Hell answer yeah. to that is i don't fucking know because i'm not going to be running one shot for that long oh yeah however well, i get me on before you leave because well fuck well i might have already recorded everything that i'm doing before i leave no but we'll shit. see but I am entering this era that I am just calling James does whatever the fuck he wants era. Yeah. And I'm, I'm doing productions. They're probably mostly going to be behind the Patreon pay, paywall. But like, I'll fucking invite John for one of those. Cool. I'm, yeah. Or. I'm, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go how ahead. do you feel about HGTV, Johnny? Are you. Oh, or is HG... this tiny, tiny house? Tiny so house this ghost is, hunters. This is not tiny house ghost hunters, though. Like that is that is still a thing that I that I want. But but that's that's for. Uh, ghost advent that, that's for not ghost adventures uh fucking ghost trackers they should do uh <laughs> tiny house hauntings um, we have oh, we have access to three children now since peter has two and you have one yeah we gotta get those kids haunted this halloween mm, i am here for that no <laughs> uh i'm working on a system where like little minion type monsters like goblins and kobolds and stuff renovate dungeons to sell to like boss oh, monsters that's very fun yeah so i i kind of want to record a thing with that um uh but yeah it's it's incredibly stupid but there's a lot of mechanics in it um yeah so yeah we'll we'll have we'll have you on um i'll, f- uh, I'll fill out that doodle tonight yeah for for the live stream great well i have a lot of editing to do so Johnny, right now yeah Thank you so much, and uh, thank you, uh, everyone. Everyone else, remember there are no kings. Take flight.